Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Plouffe. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, the podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. Okay, welcome to podcast number 26. I am uh, embarrassed to say that it has been almost two months since I've done a podcast about bowling in the Mid-Michigan area. Um, my idea when I started this podcast last March was to uh, keep this going and, and try to do at least one a week and highlight uh, people's uh, personal best scores, um, especially some kids and high school kids. And uh, unfortunately, in the state of Michigan, there hasn't been anything to talk about for bowling for almost two months. My last podcast was... Uh, with Brian Abishan, the proprietor at Holly Lanes, back uh, mid-November, right after the governor announced a uh, mandated shutdown for bowling centers and restaurants that uh, I believe we all thought would last longer than the two weeks that she announced, and it did. Um, Anyways, it is uh, Thursday, January 14th, 2021 now. Um, We were all hoping that uh, things would improve and um, get better in the state of Michigan as far as the uh, coronavirus goes, and it did not. Um, When November hit, things started getting bad. Um, A lot of people got sick. Um, A lot more people passed away, and uh, the shutdown continued and still continues to this day. Um, But there is some hope on the horizon. They do have a vaccine out that uh, people have started to get. Lots of people, health field, are vaccinated already. Some of them are already going on their second dose of the vaccine. And um, they are starting to offer the vaccine to uh, school teachers um, older people, so things uh, would and should continue to get better from here on out. And just yesterday, on January 13th, our governor here in Michigan announced that uh, she was extending the shutdown two more weeks until January 31st for uh, restaurants in particular. Um, but they are announcing that bowling alleys can begin to restart with a lot of restrictions. And I do know that the MHSAA has made plans to begin winter sports, um, in particular high school bowling. Um, I have seen that uh, some teams in the Bay City area have scheduled tryouts for this coming weekend. I know that the Kersley bowling team has tryouts scheduled for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. They are talking about possibly starting bowling matches by January 25th. Um, if not then, probably by like the 1st of February. Uh, I've been in contact with my good friend, Mr. Bob Tubbs, who has said that uh, they have talked to the MHSAA uh, between him and Dave Kowalski, who is still the president of the Michigan High School Interscholastic Bowling Coaches Association. And... Um, They are hearing lots of complaints from coaches across the state, 
and our area that are saying, you know, how can you start the high school season when several bowling centers are still not open, um, including one right around the corner from me. And, and uh, um, it's understandable with what's going on why most bowling centers in the state of Michigan still are not open. Um, there is no possible way that you could pay the bills being open right now. It's uh, You're not going to make enough money off open bowling because you can't have the capacity of people in your bowling center. You can't sell food or drink. People are not allowed to bring food or drink in. Um, it's just not a good situation right now for the bowling center. So um, people are complaining, well, how can we start high school bowling when my bowling alley is closed? And uh, the consensus and the thought is from the High School Bowling Coaches Association is um, we're just going to have to deal with it and you're going to have to make it work the best you can. And the best example that uh, they can give is uh, college football. Uh, look what happened in college football this year. The University of Alabama played 12 regular, regular season games and Ohio State University only played six. Um, they ended up playing each other in the national championship game and that very well could happen with something like high school bowling. You could have some areas of the state get in all of their conference matches and you might have other areas of the state that only get in half of their conference matches. Um, it's pretty obvious at this time that there won't be uh, any tournaments, if any. There will be very, very few and uh, if that happens that will obviously be a little later in the season um, there is definitely going to be some change to the high school season for high school bowlers uh, the talk yesterday was we got to figure out a way to make um, in particular the state finals and regionals smaller less people less fans less bowlers less coaches so I know that the discussion has been let's start a district tournament to start to eliminate teams before you go to regionals. I think I've mentioned that in my podcast before that uh, you could have a, a district tournament and um, invite eight schools to this district and only six go to regionals the following week. You would eliminate a couple schools that... Uh, are the lowest two scoring schools and then you could have possibly um, two districts go to a bowling center and bowl regionals which would give you 12 teams for a regional that would be less than the 16 that they've had in the past um, it would be a little easier to manage if you had 12 teams you could have 12 uh, girls teams bowl every other lane in a 24 lane center and follow all the uh, distance guidelines from the state and say the girls bowl in the morning the, the guys could come in and do the same thing in the afternoon and you could uh, you could pull that off um, the, the other thing that I know is a, a big topic and we should find this out in the next few days is the MHSAA is talking about going to five divisions especially for bowling, for this very reason. To uh, cut down the number of people that are at a state final, that are at regionals, that could possibly be at a district. 
So things are, are going to change. Um, my 15 years of, of coaching high school bowling, it was the fastest growing sport. And um, the tournaments that uh, started and continued to run and more and more that came on board were, were incredible for high school bowling. It was great. It made bowling a great sport. And uh, unfortunately, it could be one of the fastest uh, shrinking sports in high school right now due to what's going on in our state in Michigan. Um, it, it's very, very difficult for bowling centers to be able to survive in something like this. Um, I'm appalled at some of the comments that uh, I've heard from people and that I've seen on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, um, whatever social media sites are out there. It's, it's hurtful to me because I know proprietors. I have friends that own bowling centers. I own a business myself and I know what these guys are going through and it, it isn't, it isn't pretty. And people don't understand that. Um, I've, I've said this to a couple of other friends of mine. When you go and uh, cash in your 401k retirement fund to invest in a business and you invest your entire life into that business and you do everything you can to make that business survive as far as um, giving up everything that you own to make that business go and you understand what that is like then you can then you can voice your opinion otherwise my personal feeling is shut up we don't need to hear your opinion on how someone should run their business because you got no idea you got no idea what these guys are going through um, I don't want to get fired up too much about it but um, there are some really good things that have happened during the shutdown and I, I would like to touch on one right now um, proud to call uh, J.R. Lafnir from uh, Oxford, a, a good friend of mine. He's a great coach. He's won a state championship with the girls team down there. And uh, their team is hosted by Collier Lanes in Oxford. Collier also supports Lake Orion High School. Um, they're big in the community down there in Oxford. And um, it's a great bowling center. It's an older bowling center, 32 lanes. But um, J.R. took it upon himself to throw it out there on Facebook that, uh, hey, I'm going to be at uh, Collier Lanes on, I think it was like uh, December 19th, for anybody that would like to drive through the parking lot and donate some money, we are going to start taking donations to help this Molinelli survive, because otherwise they probably can't pay the bills and they're going to end up closing the doors for good. He had an incredible turnout. I mean an incredible turnout. My first thought was, well, that's a great idea. Good for him. He might make a couple thousand dollars and he might help him pay a couple bills. Um, he made over $50,000 for Collier Lanes in Oxford. Absolutely incredible. Um, probably, if I'm thinking correctly, he probably single-handedly helped that bowling center survive they're going to be able to to pay some bills and 
and uh, continue to help that area for a long time. And uh, what a fantastic thing that is. Um, I know some other some other guys. Uh, Brian at Holly is is one that uh, he he says don't don't think of it as begging. He's just trying to survive, and and I totally understand. They have done whatever they can. I've seen that they were selling some shirts out there. They, he's been selling drinks out in the parking lot uh, for New Year's. He was doing that. Um, last thing I seen, he bought a, uh, a pizza oven, so. Um, he can start making pizzas there at the uh, bowling center. He could probably start now and doing some takeout with that to help him a little bit. But the good thing is when things get going at Holly, he now has a pizza oven. He can offer pizza to the bowlers, which will be a great thing for him and the people that come into his center and bowl. Um, so bless your heart, Brian. You're trying to do everything you can, and I totally understand it. Um, and I certainly hope that people come back and support these people that own these bowling centers because uh, it ain't going to be pretty. Um, last March, bowling centers were probably doing pretty good. I mean, uh, not all bowling centers were great. We know some that were hurting. Most people know that uh, they're trying to do different things. They were trying to create more of an entertainment center. Some bowling centers have uh, blocked off lanes, put couches in to try to draw in some some of the younger crowd, I would say. Um, and most of those bowling centers are really, really hurting right now. So uh, anything you can do to help support those once things get started back up here, uh, that would be greatly appreciated because a year ago there were 300 bowling centers across the state of Michigan. I know of uh, a few already that have closed the doors and I'm gonna guess by the time uh, fall and next winter rolls around, we are going to lose a whole lot of bowling centers in the state of Michigan. I hate to say it, I think it's inevitable, but this entire pandemic and this extended shutdown and then a start back up and then a shutdown and continue to extend the shutdown is doing no good for bowling. Unfortunately, it's scaring people away um, even if the bowling centers open back up here in the next couple of weeks, the people are not, the bowlers are not going to come back like they used to be. I, I, I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. But I know uh, just from talking to people, um, once you're away from something, people have short memories. When you're away from something and uh, sooner or later you get, you get to the point where you don't, you don't miss it, um, you don't miss it as much as you thought you were going to, it, it's not good because uh, those bowlers won't come back. I've talked to proprietors about this. They understand that they hate to see bowlers quit leagues because uh, statistically, if you look at statistics, they don't come back. And uh, after an extended shutdown like this, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I would hope people come back. I mean, leagues were already down when they were able to restart in September. I hate to see what's going to happen next month when leagues restart. I'm afraid that several leagues are going to lose even more teams. And then when when the season actually ends, which is usually end of April-ish time frame, um, you're going into the summer slowdown period where bowling centers normally struggle during the summer anyways. Then you're going to have a hard time 
recruiting people to come back to bowl in the fall because uh, they didn't miss it when they were off. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope that people do come back and support, but I'm afraid it's it's not pretty. And it's it's not going to be pretty for restaurants either. They're, they're going to face the same things. These family-owned restaurants, uh, these ones that you go in and sit down and, and get a nice meal, um, they're going to really be hurting. And, and unfortunately, you can drive by these fast food restaurants right now, and they got cars lined up around the building. They're killing it with this takeout stuff. So it's it's tough to see what's going on in our in our area here. I know the government's trying to help a little. They've come out with some more PPP loans, some more economic injury disaster loans for people. It this could help the bowling centers, but. The thing that will help the most is open them back up. Let's get the bowlers back in the bowling center. Let them start serving food and drinks and let them start making some money and paying some bills. Otherwise, it it ain't going to be pretty. Okay, enough of the downer stuff. Um, I want to talk about the good stuff. We are getting ready and prepared to start the high school bowling season. I just got an email today which inspired me to do this podcast that my league is actually going to start back up on uh, my mixed doubles league on Sunday, February 7th. Um, that is very good news. It appears that my my work league, my Monday league, is going to start back up uh, after the 1st of February as well. Um, it sounds like our, our Wednesday league is also, our Wednesday men's league is also going to start up after the 1st of February. So hopefully most of the bowlers that haven't been bowling come back. Um, we'll see. I had eight teams on my work league on Mondays. We had uh, 14 teams on the men's league on Wednesday and on our Saturday night league. I mean, I'm sorry, on our Sunday night league, we had uh, 18 teams on our mixed doubles league. So uh, unfortunately, I know um, we've lost some bowlers. Uh, we lost a a guy on our Sunday Mixed Doubles League who passed away from the coronavirus. Um, so I know that there will be some teams who will be short some bowlers. Um, and, and I'm sure there's some people who are still going to be concerned about this virus and, and they won't want to come back to bowl when we restart. But let's hope that most of them do come back. Um, I'm excited for it to start. I'm excited. I'm really excited for the kids. Uh, those those kids that are seniors, especially in high school, this is your last season, your last chance to do something, and you've been waiting. And just before tryouts were going to start, we went into this new shutdown, lockdown, um, and there hasn't been any bowling. So bowling centers were just allowed to reopen December 22nd with limited capacity and only open bowling. So most uh, bowling centers just said, it's not worth it. We're not even going to open. There are a few that are open for open bowling, and I know some girls from our area for sure have been out trying to throw some games to get ready. And it sounds like next week is uh, is good. They're going to start tryouts. Hopefully teams will get set, and uh, possibly the following week starting matches. Um, I know a few things are going to change with high school bowling. Uh, in particular because they're not going to be starting until almost the 1st of February. The season will be extended. It used to end the first weekend in March with state finals. 
they have uh, they being the MHSAA has extended the winter season to the end of March so um, let's say that the uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the Flint Metro Conference let's say that they are able to begin the season on January 25th that's the uh, discussion right now they could get um, one two three four five say six weeks seven weeks in of a season to the week of March 8th with um, conference matches and in the Metro Conference they have 11 schools that have bowling teams so um, you're talking you would need 10 matches in seven weeks I think that's possible um, I think they could schedule something like that you may have some weekday matches as well as weekend matches you could get in an entire conference season and then the week of March 15th you could have a district um, tournament somewhere where you would uh, have have like the eight teams show up that I talked about and and pair that down to six teams to go to regionals which would be the week of March uh, 29th or 22nd would be the week of the last week I'm looking at the state finals being March 26th and March 27th so your regionals would be March 19th and March 20th which means your district would have to be probably March 13th or 14th that weekend um, so that will be different because high school bowling was usually over by then but if that's what they got to do to get a season in more power to them do what you got to do to make it work um, and, I, and I think most people will understand that once they get going the bad thing is especially here at the start probably the first few weeks there will be no fans bowling centers may not even be allowed to serve food or drink some bowling centers may not even open because of that and some schools may have to find a different bowling alley to bowl at until things open back up for for them and I'm a little disappointed because I won't be able to go watch some of it um, but hopefully maybe by uh, mid-February or the end of February things will start to open up a little more and and uh, maybe by the first of March I can actually get out and do some podcasts with some high school bowlers at a match I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers um, the thing that's really disappointing about about all of this is you can literally drive 70 miles down to the border of Michigan and Ohio and everything is open in Ohio and and every other state surrounding us is open and people are bowling um, I have a, a guy that uh, I work with my regular job who just started that came from Kansas City and uh, he says in Kansas everything's open it's way different there than it is here um, yes they have some restrictions yes they're wearing masks restaurants are closed are being forced to close early like nine ten o'clock at night but it's not that big of a deal um, people are coping and they're surviving in these other states so um, we've seen a lot of kids from from this area travel to Ohio and Indiana to bowl in tournaments over the last few months because they're open it's disappointing that uh, we're not in this area so hopefully next week things start to ramp up and we can begin 
getting back to some sort of normal, even if it means wearing a mask. I think most people are are uh, accustomed to that now, and they're willing to do it to make things work. Um, they just restarted high school football last weekend, which was on uh, on pause since uh, mid-November. Um, I'm thinking if you can go out on a football field and, and tackle people and hit people, there's no reason you can't go to a bowling alley and bowl. It seems a little silly to me, but just my opinion. Um, anyways, that's my podcast for today. Uh, I'm going to cut it cut a little short, a little over uh, 24 minutes right now. Just wanted to give you a heads up that things are coming. I'm going to start this back up as bowling starts to start back up. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention that the Greater Flint Youth Hall of Fame is still continuing on. And um, I took uh, 14 new applications and I had 15 left over from the last couple of years. So I sent out 29 applications to um, new nominees. And as those get returned and then um, we go through them and verify all of the information by uh, April 1st, that has to be returned. Uh, then we will sit down with an independent committee and let them pick. And we are going to name uh, some new members to the Greater Flint Youth Hall of Fame probably sometime in May by the time that gets all finalized. And then we have to decide uh, what's going to go on if they're going to have a youth bowling banquet um, because Linda Becklick has retired and the Greater Flint USBC has taken over youth bowling in our area that the uh, there could be some changes to the youth banquet maybe possibly rolled in with the adult banquet I'm not totally sure what their plans are for that but things could change but just want to let you know that that is still ongoing we were unable to recognize our our three new inductees from last year so hopefully uh, them and whoever the new ones are this year we can get together at a banquet sometime maybe in the fall, and recognize everyone for uh, being inducted into the Greater Flint Youth Hall of Fame. I think that's a great thing. And uh, we have traditionally uh, funded a scholarship fund for the Greater Flint Youth Hall of Fame from our high school tournaments. Unfortunately, we were unable to run any tournaments this year. In fact, I should be getting ready to run the Flint Metro Conference Championship Tournament this weekend. And uh, that obviously is not going to happen. Um, we weren't able to run the Davison Mixed Doubles. We were unable to do our annual alumni tournament the day after Christmas. So um, the Baker Kickoff Tournament we were unable to do. So we lost out on all of our funding for our Greater Flint Youth Hall of Fame scholarships this year. But we had enough money in the account from previous years that we're going to continue it. And hopefully those tournaments will start back up next year to continue funding that scholarship because uh, it, it'll be getting low after this year. So we'll need to do something. Uh, but that is going to go. We're going to make sure that that goes. And uh, also, for any of the uh, Kersley people that are listening, um, we did start the alumni tournament and kind of made it a, um, it's a dedication to Troy Paxton who passed away. who was a member of the uh, Kersley boys team that won a state title back in 2015 um, and it 
the alumni tournament was actually kind of a fundraiser for the Troy Paxton scholarship. There's a $1,000 scholarship to a graduating senior, could be a boy or a girl, who applies for the scholarship. Um, $500 donated from the Kersley Bowling Boosters and $500 from the Paxton family every year that scholarship is presented at Senior Athletic Awards Night. Um, there was some discussion on what we we're gonna do about that because we couldn't do the alumni tournament and we decided we're gonna continue on with the scholarship no matter what. And I have been taking some donations of uh, money and or returnable cans and I got, uh, I got a lot of returnable cans and by the time it's all said and done, probably within the next few weeks, I am going to have $500 to donate from the Kersley Bowling Boosters for that scholarship. So that scholarship will continue. Um, so for any of those Kersley kids out there listening, if you're a senior, you're in the bowling program, get your application in for the Troy Paxton Scholarship. I believe that application needs to be submitted to the school by like the 1st of March. So you have uh, roughly a month, month and a half to get that application in. Um, so, okay, I've talked enough. We're 29 minutes in. I'm going to wrap this one up. Like I said, I'm hoping next week uh, the high school season gets started and we'll have a lot more to talk about and we'll get started back on doing regular podcasts. In the meantime, if you can support your local bowling center, please do so. I know they're hurting. And uh, when things start to reopen, support those local restaurants as well. we gotta, we got to help out the people who help us. So um, that's my, my two cents for tonight. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Bye-bye.